Hello and welcome to episode 166 of the Startcast, Pret South Australia's weekly video game discussion podcast. I'm your host, Ewan Roxburgh, and I'm joined today by my fellow gamers, Brody. Hello. James. Hello. And Stephen. Hi. Brody, you've been uh, busy reviewing Trials Rising. How's it going? Well, how was it? Your, your review is now live. Yes, it is uh, very live. Um, yeah, I actually enjoyed it a lot. Um, I've always been a big fan of the Trials games, um, except for Trials of the Blood Dragon. That one was not so good. But um, yeah, I mean, it's, I don't know, it's, hard, it's hard to quantify because, I, like I said in the review, it's, it's a very simple <clears throat> game, but at the same time, it's very addictive. Yeah. Like it's it's essentially a vehicular platformer that's very challenging, but it, it does a lot of cool things that uh, the past games haven't done. Like there's a real big focus on multiplayer and like community engagement and stuff like that. And uh-huh. uh, like I said in the review, um, there's this Australian guy who's just like bullshit good at trials. Um, his name's like Fat Shady, I believe it is, mm. and uh, he's known as the Professor of Trials. And they've got him to like do like a what is essentially like a tutorial that teaches you like a lot of the games like real harder techniques. And um, it's like up to my game big time, man. Like I'm, 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 right. get, I'm getting there. Like I, uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, unfortunately, I couldn't really try the uh, the multiplayer uh, in the yeah. review, as I noted, because I was trying pretty much all day yesterday, like to try and get into a game, and uh, there was just no one on. Obvi- oh, uh, really? Probably, probably for obvious reasons, like the game wasn't out at that point. And oh yeah, pe- of course. Pe- yeah. People, people Came had probably, yeah, people had already probably played multiplayer for their review, so I, I couldn't get on. But um. I imagine it's going to be a lot of fun. Like, even just racing against the ghosts in-game is always a fun challenge. So, yeah, I enjoyed it, and I gave it an I, 8. I presume you were playing on Xbox, yeah? No, I, my code was for uh, PS4. For PS4, okay. Not my uh, preferred I can, I can see me... Uh, it's coming to Switch, and I'm like, super excited for it on the Switch, I think. I can see myself playing it there. I've heard some of. bad things about Switch. Oh, really? Yeah, I've, I've, I've heard that it, like, runs quite poorly, and mm. that um, because it's a game that, like relies so much on like being able to like feather trigger things like the yeah. fact that uh the switch just has you know just like on off toggle shoulder buttons like yeah. it makes it, it makes it really hard to like you know be precise with what you want to do with the bike so um that could pose a problem for how good that actually runs on the switch i think yeah it's a good point mm. uh james you mentioned you played a bit of anthem as well right yes I have. What are your What are your <laughs> thoughts on Anthem? Because I've got plenty of thoughts. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I haven't played it as much as you, so that's. I don't know. Maybe I haven't had that point like sink in yet, where I'm like, "Ooh, uh-huh. this is a bit boring." Although I can, I don't know. It's just so like mixed, you know. Like there's so much yeah. cool stuff, but then there's also so much like uh stuff. Yeah. Um, my that, that sums it up, I reckon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Print the that. Combat, yeah. combat is like... I reckon the combat's pretty fantastic. And um, like it's got that kind of Mass Effect vibe where you can like prime enemies and then like detonate them with different powers and sure. create like chain combos. And I think that's really amazing. Um, yeah. But the the I don't know why they insisted on making you go back to that hub world that's so... I think that is like break- literally everyone's main gripe. And it's mine too. Like it's so like... Ugh. It just it's like just, yeah, it just like breaks the flow so bad, and like yeah, the story yeah. is uninteresting. Like I think they were trying to be like, yeah, this is like the Citadel, but like it's not. Yeah, <laughs> so. it's, it's super jarring, and it's like a massive like tonal shift. Like it's just really strange. Yeah, 
I, I don't mm. know like why they couldn't for a game that is so much about the social side of things like just kind of followed Destiny's example with the tower and just kind of had this big sort of social hub that allows you to still interact with the non-player characters and progress the story that way like I don't yeah. know why it had to be closed off and I don't really understand why it had to be first person either yeah. even, um, even, even small things like if they made you your walk speed quicker like that would make it yeah. so much so much better like, you, and that was even, feedback did, that came back it came out of the beta anyway and they yeah, said that they did, were going to quicken it up no, but they did they did yeah. like it, it is noticeably quicker than the beta like it was oh even God, slower what? in the beta yeah the, <laughs> yeah, the, beta, was, the beta was bad <laughs> like it was super slow yeah, right. I don't know. And people that, are still complaining. Like, it's still too slow. Like That aspect is just so strange, like, so pointless to me. Like, I don't, I, I don't know if they wanted to do more with it and they couldn't. Um, yeah. But if they took mm. it out, I would not care. If they replaced all of that with just some menus, just, like, shop and, like, stats, you know, like, yeah. between missions, I really don't think I'd care. Like, there's no mood or vibe um, there that I feel like I'd be missing out on. Um, no. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Even if it just kind of, like, removed those load screens as well like I, I hate kind of complaining about the load because it has improved so much like from what it was in that opening week which was just shambles but hmm. it, there's just so much toing and froing like you're sort of having to go to one area to do this one thing and another area to do this win- this one thing and I hate that like the forge like where you're customizing your character is all sort of closed off behind that as well because yeah. I'd, I'd much more like to do that on the fly and sort of equip weapons and armor and stuff as I'm acquiring them and sort of power up my character on the go. Um, Especially, like, whilst in free play, like, I feel like that would be so beneficial. Someone on Twitter made the interesting point. Like, they they said, they compared it to, like, Sonic 06 or whatever it was that had, like, really bad load times. And and while I don't think that's a very fair comparison because Sonic was a garbage single-player game that, you know, was very... I guess basic in its uh-huh. concept like Anthem is obviously a bigger more open world trying to be persistent with all its uh, I don't think you need um, to like clarify those two games are different though <laughs> <laughs> sorry sorry just for the for the for the layman at home um, um, some people might think Sonic 06 is like the greatest thing ever um, oh. yeah like I can deal so in that sense I can deal with the load times going into worlds and stuff like I've played Destiny like Destiny load times can be pretty bad yeah. but um, it's when like because I, you know, I go in. But pretty. at least during Destiny's load times, you can still interact with your, your like your character screen, right? And like customize no, your loadouts. Yeah, like yeah, that. that's true. Yeah, that is true. Um, but like, when I died, like, and because I die a lot, because I'm just garbage, and I'd like just run in. Um, <laughs> I, I couldn't believe that I died, and then no one picked me up. So I hit respawn, and I got taken to another load screen. Yeah, and, yeah like, and like, and like, it took me back like an area, and I was like, what the yeah. hell is happening? Yeah, like that. That was like the one time I was like really like shitted off by like a load screen in that game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the load screens are definitely not the the major problem with it. Um, they m- they might have been in those kind of first that first week, um, but the patch did make a, a, a dramatic improvement on that. Um, I think they'll they'll so, gradually iron it out and they'll get it. Yeah, they'll, and that's, they'll I think that's the end it. thing. Like, I, like I titled my review "Humble Beginnings" because this is just very much the the beginning of this this game um and i think i had to assess it for what it is now but um i can see that it is really going to go places and i think they've got a a pretty solid base to begin with if we're talking like purely in terms of its gameplay um its presentation it's kind of its lore i think there's a lot to play with and and they tease a lot of stuff story-wise that i'm interested about um them exploring think, further in, in future updates so I think the world mm. is in, the world and the idea of like the anthem is like uh-huh. is super intriguing um yeah 
It just I mean, sucks. The only way for me to really learn about it is through these boring dialogues. Codexes. Yeah, <laughs> even, and then, co- I didn't, yeah, which reeks of Destiny 1 as well, I guess. Uh, yeah, like and I feel like, like like Destiny 1, I feel like they play like the proper noun game like real hard. They lean into like yeah. names of things that they don't then explain. Yeah. And I'm just like, well, what does any of these words mean? Like in the Destiny, they're like the darkness, but they never explain what the darkness is. And I'm like, yeah. All right, I'm sure it'll yeah. all come together they, over they time. They do but... sort of gradually sort of flesh it out a little bit, and I, I expect there like to be other characters that are kind of introduced and then immediately sort of sidelined or whatever that they'll dig into further. But um, yeah. yeah, having having spent as much time with it now, I feel like I sort of do understand what most of the sort of the pronouns uh, mean, so to speak. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of things like the anthem is kind of like this this force of creation or something you just kind of like just sort of take it for face value like it it doesn't really sort of go into explain it are they more than that it's just like some sort of ult, ultimate force or whatever and, and Look, I thought like a the monitor Lost, as a bad guy was just so <laughs> vanilla like he's just like oh yeah I want this power like he's got no real reason for wanting it like no real kind of plan he's just like yeah I want I want power it's like oh you'd have thought being Bioware that they'd maybe kind of have done more with the villain than that but I think it's the same writer as the first two Mass Effect games as well, which makes it even more like of a surprise. But like, un- yeah. unless, unless as time goes on, they'll introduce like a, a, a larger threat. Because I mean, I wouldn't say yeah. that's like who was the bad well, guy. Well, they've, in Mass Effect they've one? already. Saren? I mean, if you finish the story, they start teasing it. Like, oh, other know. threats sort of emerging. Yeah, like, right. Without them, uh, yeah. I don't want to go into spoiler territory, but yeah. um, so far, so good. I think I'm, I'm pretty early doors as well. I'm only like level six, but. Yeah. I can see I can see a good foundation, much yeah. like you. Yeah, that's, that's what I was trying to express. I, like, I've, I've been tweeting about this game potentially more so than I have been writing the actual review side of things because I've just been yeah. unleashing for the last week. Um, but I tweeted uh, Mad Mikey, a friend of the show, I was saying that I've sort of had, like, a conflict with this game like between critic and kind of player, I guess, and it's not something I've mm. really experienced before. Whereas the critic in me kind of sees the flaws like i can't sort of ignore those but the player side of me is going i am really enjoying this game like i'm in the moment to moment gameplay is so solid that like i'm just enjoying playing it and i'm struggling to put it down but mm. i'm constantly like every five minutes getting frustrated again by something that it isn't doing right or well andromeda a little bit yeah yeah i feel like maybe <laughs> everyone's maybe you guys have all had that experience before and this was the first time i sort of incurred that i sort of you know, like if I'm enjoying a game, generally I'm sort of feel the same way, sort of critically, that it's doing things really well. Um, but mm. this time it, there was kind of like a bit of a disconnect there. Um, so yeah, I gave it a six out of ten, um, which comes with the sort of like I need to highlight that with that. Um, if you you may not associate that as being a, a good score, I, I consider a six to be a fine game. Um, but I sort of want to. It comes with the caveat that. I am really enjoying it. I am still playing it. I was playing it last night. I plan to be playing it probably after we finish recording today. Um, and I can't see me putting it down maybe until The Division comes out. But we'll uh, have to see. Yeah, I might continue playing it even after that. So I kind of wanted to like under underscore that point. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. The but you're, is- I, so you've been playing it too, Brody. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm, uh, I was actually going to ask James if he wanted to play after this if he is not doing anything. But, um... Don't you have to pack <laughs> or do something? No, <laughs> I, I've, my flight's not till like my flight's not till ten PM tomorrow, mate. Like I got plenty oh, of time. Right. Um, okay. Yeah. So yeah, I've played a little bit, and uh, yeah, it's good. I'm enjoying. Yeah. It. Yeah. Just like when you get like I, I started off with the storm, and I'm oh, oh yeah. how good is the storm? St- I'm, Light- I'm meaning li- storm now. <laughs> lightning, yeah. lightning strike is it's the abs- like 
It's Absolutely so good. So have, you been, uh, have you been icing them up to before you hit them with the lightning oh. strike? Where you did you get those combos? Oh, big and, time! Big yeah, time! He, so good. He or she gets like better shields when they're floating, so you can like be a total, yeah, know, yeah, badass uh, Magneto man. Kind yeah, of. It's just, it's just so good. <laughs> it's very it's so satisfying. And then, yeah. like, I switched to the um, the interceptor as well, which is pretty. It's uh-huh. it's ridiculous how like you can like triple jump and then like d- double dash or triple dash, and the and melee does cover so much damage. It's just so yeah, much. it's just so much. Like the movement is just so fun. Like yeah. that's, and, and I feel like I kind of hope as it expands, they'll introduce I guess like more enemy types or whatever that will kind of take advantage of that. Yeah, I feel um, like they've done a really good job of like making each of the javelins like feel like they're worth playing to. Yeah, like, each one like offers something real cool. Yeah, that's that's not something I touched on in my review, and maybe I just suddenly regret not doing that. Um, is that yeah, each of those javelins do feel really different, and they play together really well. Like I've I've been yeah, playing some, like a lot of my squad over the past week weekend, yeah. and we've kind of got to the point where we've sussed out each other's attacks now, and yeah. we see that when one person uses one attack, we know to use our other one, and like we're yeah. sort of kind of getting those combos off each other now. You like synergize really well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So they work. Yeah, they work really well in that regard. But um, hmm. I, you, James, you raise a good point too that I like to see them sort of play. Around with the maneuverability of like the Inceptor a bit, and maybe if they sort of introduce raids, we kind of get more sort of platforming elements in the way that kind of Destiny kind of touched on a bit too. Like maybe they could uh, build off that a little bit. I'm excited nice. about the future it's of this fun. game. Yeah. yeah. Stephen, have you been interested in all at Anthem? Um, curious, but not to the point where I want to buy it. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Have you not been, enough? I've got Andromeda to play. play. Have you uh, <laughs> um, beaten Resident Evil yet? I'm going to keep checking in with you. I'm up to the lab. I'm a little bit into the lab, so am I okay. getting there, James? Like, yes, but... The, <laughs> like, you're trying, in, just in that you're from slow. last time. <laughs> <laughs> so slow. <laughs> I do this for you, James. It's all for you. <laughs> you have made forward progress. Well done. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. All right, well, let's uh, get stuck into the show. Um, I wanted to quiz you guys first off this week about Google's plans to reveal their gaming strategy next month. Um, they revealed in the week that they're going to be holding an event at GDC in San Francisco on March 19th. Uh, so a little under a month away, uh, where they're expected to reveal uh, the full scope of their game streaming technology. Um, Stephen, I don't know if you got the chance to it to, to play it at all, but I know that like Assassin's Creed Odyssey was gonna was streaming like over Google Chrome. Um, it sounds like they're gonna be kind of doing something more official with this instead of moving beyond that testing phase. Does that excite you? Does the future of game streaming kind of stand out to you? I am. I know. I'm really curious to see. Like, do we know that it certainly is great game streaming, or are we, we don't, just no? Like, that's fairly just a presumption. Sure? They could come out with hardware okay. and say like, here's the Google box or something. I don't know. Because I mean, it'll be interesting <laughs> to see. Like, the G spot. Oh, mm, oh my god. Mm. Um, yeah. Sorry. So, like, their closest, I guess, competitor. Like, you know, they make. I guess you look at Apple or they make phones, they'll basically fell into gaming accidentally. It's like something people do on their phone, but they don't like, I'm going to buy an Apple device to play games because no one says that. But like, I feel like Google's similar, but they've also tried, like Apple had the Apple TV, they were pushed it a little bit with gaming and stuff, but they didn't include a controller and it was kind of half-assed, so no one really cared. And like Google or Google, I guess NVIDIA through Google have had like Android gaming boxes and they've had some little bit of success like i know there was a half-life port and there's a lot of like i guess android specific games but they also lean a bit on the nvidia game stream stuff as well Uh yeah it'll be interesting to see whether they actually go here's a hardware box or if they i guess maybe even more likely this whole game streaming thing it'll be 
here's an app for every every make of TV that exists that can, you know, a lot of them can access like the Google Play movie store and stuff. It's like, well, here's an app for the Google Play games store and just, yeah. you know, hook up a Bluetooth controller or whatever the TV supports and you're off to the races. Uh, that, I don't know, it, it could be good, but like every time we bring up streaming, the internet kind of sucks in a lot of places <laughs> and that's yeah. sort of always going to be an issue until it's not, I guess. Yeah, especially for... For gaming, because it's like so, like dependent upon inputs, like all that sort of back and forth introduces more lag. Like it's 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 one thing kind of streaming video when there's not the back and forth, but gaming is a whole different beast. James, do you have any sort of like preference? I guess what would you like to see Google do? Uh, I don't really know, or I will just wait for it to happen. I don't have a, I don't have a wish. <laughs> I guess. Um, uh huh. Streaming, like, I'd like streaming to be a thing that's doable here. Um, yeah. I, I don't know, if, like, if it's an issue with their internet or if it's more of an issue with the fact... For example, like, I tried the Resi Evil... Because Resident Evil 7, they'd had, like, a streaming version on the Switch. Right. Um, and you can play it. Like, I bought... Because you buy, like, a day, a pass or whatever. Mm-hmm. And But it's obviously because the servers are in Japan or whatever. Like, it's a little bit further away. It's not the best experience. Mm. Um, but... The idea that that could happen is is cool. I think. Like, don't you agree? Yeah, yeah. Think, <laughs> yeah, thinking <laughs> thinking about like the the internet infrastructure side of things. Like, uh-huh. we've got the NBN, and that's a little here, neither here nor there. But like, looking into the not so distant future of like five G networking, that's like pretty you know pretty good for low latency sort of stuff. And if that you know propagates around to more places, that probably is going to be the first point where this becomes a viable idea and uh-huh. i don't know if google are really serious about this kind of thing they could set up like uh like data centers in different countries so you know you wouldn't have that problem needing to stream from another country if they've got a data center in sydney one in perth one i don't know somewhere in between so you always have something within you know a reasonable distance that you can stream from then yeah that could make all the difference it might do yeah I'll be, I'm excited about what they do. I'm sort of excited about the sort of prospect of a streaming future. And we're kind of, we're going to be touching again on that in a second. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm curious as to whether like this is going to be an extension of Android as a platform and like they're just going to be sort of bringing um, Android games to, to TVs kind of in the way that I guess the, like the Ouya sort of in, like endeavored to do. Um, mm. Or if this is going to be like it's a, like a separate sort of piece of kit that's having games specifically built for it. Um, yeah, I'm interested to see how it all shakes out. But I guess we're just going to have to see uh, in March. Um, but kind of weighing into that uh, or building off of that, um, there's been some rumors circulating in the past week that new Xbox hardware uh, is going to be announced at E3. Um, there was a leak online that suggested that... that uh, there will be two new kind of Xbox One consoles announced at E3, um, nicknamed the Lockhart and the Anaconda. Um, the rumor is that the Lockhart will be a cheaper version of the console with no disc tray, so pretty much kind of built for streaming and download, uh, whilst the Anaconda will be like the Xbox One X kind of equivalent uh, with much more powerful internals. Um, it's also added that they're, they're going to be containing like SSDs for increased load, like faster loads and operation. Um, Brody is like sort of the resident X boy fan amongst us. Do you are you excited by this direction? <laughs> the X boy. Uh, yeah. Are you excited by this sort of like direction? If this is in fact true, um, I don't know. If excited's the right word. I mean, I think it's a, a logical step. 
uh-huh. um, like much like Google is moving towards streaming and like a digital sort of uh, structure to their gaming. I imagine Xbox are likely to do the same thing with this Lockhart. Yeah, I'm a little I'm a, like as a consumer, I'm a little frustrated that they're coming out with another like you know real powerful console because I feel like I just bought my One X, but maybe I didn't. Yeah, that was like two years ago, wasn't it? I don't know. Um, yeah, I mean, look, I'll buy it. Much like James, I'll buy it. You know, you're going to buy it, James. So <laughs> I don't. I don't like missing out on anything, so I'll buy no. anything yeah. unless it like takes a dump in my old, mouth. I'll buy it. <laughs> like I've got the big old, <laughs> and even then, I got the big old FOMO. The fear of missing yeah, it. Yeah, so. I don't. Yeah, I, yeah. You could say I'm a FOMO sexual. <laughs> so. I've never heard that before. I've never heard that. No, I'm, I'm, I'm coining it. I'm coining it right now. Right. So, Thanks. yeah. So, um, yeah. I mean, I think this is pretty likely. I don't see any reason why this wouldn't be true. Yeah. Um, it's just you know, I'm curious to see like how powerful it's going to be. Like, I'm very curious as well, because they're saying that Halo Infinite's going to possibly be a launch title. Mm. Like, I want to... Like, because there's rumors that that game's going to be, like, surprising in its uh, concept. Like, maybe that it's not necessarily just a uh, first-person shooter. Like, it might build on sort of, like, the Forge idea from, like, the earlier Halo games. So, like, it might be a very big creative space. So I'm very, yeah, very curious to see how it all ties in, and uh, I guess we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah. Um, and Stephen, I think we've kind of like talked somewhat about like the physical sort of side, like the physical media sort of argument that I guess uh, mm. falls into here. If, if streaming sort of becomes the norm, I guess that's all going to fall away, right? Like we're not going to have our beloved game boxes anymore. I guess. I don't know. Like I've, the things I've been thinking about with the whole the cheaper Xbox is the one without a disk drive. It makes sense because usually i know a disc drive is a point of failure or you don't have to pay for it if you don't put it in there it makes it cheaper but yeah. people who are price sensitive usually don't want to buy digital games because they're you know usually have to pay a little bit of a premium unless you wait for a good sale or something yeah but and i, I don't know that doesn't quite make sense to me i guess it depends on whether people are willing to sign up to another subscription if this and i guess it's probably more likely when you're getting a new console than halfway through a a generation like people Mm. talk about how wildly good game pass is if you're just getting into the xbox one now and i guess if you know people are going to be getting into the next xbox sort of from you know from nothing starting with a game pass style service could be it might be more appealing then than it is for for people that already have the system now. So yeah, yeah, who knows? And if, it could you know, be it could be cheaper as well. Like, I think um, yeah, was there not a program that they were running in the states that was like you could essentially kind of rent an Xbox console and and pay like your monthly subscriptions uh, for that and for Game Pass and stuff. It was kind of like the cost that you might you know pay yeah, for your phone was... plan. You're getting a console yeah. and every game think, that they sort of. I think it worked that. out to be. I think it worked out to be mostly a comparative price as if you were to buy it from the shop. Like, I think it was, like, pretty much a no-interest way of buying the Xbox, Yeah, I guess. yeah. And it was, like, yeah. a two-year sort of plan or something like that. Yeah. I think, I think that's quite neat and could make it more more accessible. Um, I do... The only issue I have potentially is... I don't know. A lot of people are 100% okay with a Netflix subscription, but then you add on, I don't know, a Stan subscription or anything else, and people start to become a bit more sensitive to yeah. how many of these things are leeching onto my bank account. And none of each of them individually, it's like 10 bucks a month. That seems like great value. But the more leeches that just sort of jump on, it, you just sort of lose track of how much money is coming out. And you have to, it, it's just sort of, yeah, hard to keep track of. And I find it a little bit. 
know, I'm very conscious of how many subscriptions I have, and it yeah. makes me a little yeah, bit sad see, when I, I think I'm about it sometimes. I'm not conscious of that at all, but then, like, yeah, I've got, like, PlayStation, PlayStation order renewed for me the other day, and I was like, oh, gosh, okay, yeah, it's like 80 bucks out of my account that caught me mm. off guard. And, yeah, then you got Netflix, and I signed up for Stan the other day as well, and I had game, like, Xbox Game Pass going for a while, too, and Adobe Creative Cloud. Like, they just kind of stack up, and... Yeah, you sound you're kind of lured in by like, oh, it's only ten bucks a month. Like that's like a couple of cups of coffee or whatever. But yeah, mm. then uh, when you've got like four or five on the go each month on top of all the other bills you got to pay, like it does kind of surprise you, I guess. Um, like the value propositions there, like you're yeah, never gonna, sure. you know, ten bucks a month. You're never gonna buy the amount of games in a year that you could potentially play with Game Pass. But yeah, I don't know. It's I guess we. I think we've talked about this in the physical digital discussion before like i don't buy cds i sometimes buy records but that's like a special event it's not the main way i consume music yeah and i imagine maybe games will just get to be that way we'll you know buy physical if it really really is important but otherwise streaming will just be so convenient that why wouldn't you like it is with music at this point yeah and as i'm getting older and like gradually accumulating more and more stuff i'm becoming less attached (laughs) to it it's like i want space back in my my life um, Does this bring you joy? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> oh my gosh, Marie Kondo's had such an influence. Um, <laughs> Xbox Game Pass was also talked to be coming to the Nintendo Switch um, in the week. Uh, it was announced that Xbox Live would be coming to Nintendo earlier this year, um, but there's now some rumors saying that Xbox Game Pass is also coming, which would mean, I guess, playing Xbox games on a Nintendo Switch. Um, so my question to you, James, is if, again, if this is all sort of true, do you think we can see Xbox kind of becoming the streaming-only platform, a sort of like video game Netflix in a way? Do you think that's the future for them? I mean, maybe, but I think... Oh, yeah, I guess. <laughs> like, I think Xbox has always been has recently been trying to move to be more of a, I guess, platform more than anything. Yeah. Um, and even going back to, like, the way that they talked about the Xbox One at its reveal, like, about it always being connected online and stuff, like, it seemed like they were trying to move that strategy way back then. I think they're trying to move away from everything that happened at the reveal now, though. <laughs> but, maybe. Um, I, yeah, I think potentially the idea would maybe be, I guess, um, you can get Game Pass and everything, but the best experience will always be on, say, the Microsoft hardware. Yeah, um, maybe that's like how they would the angle they would take. Um, I love the idea that I can come home, play Ori. Like I don't know if this is how it will work, but like let's just say like I can come home, play Ori, and then when I go to work, take it with me on my Switch yeah. and keep playing from where I left off. Like that's a really cool idea. Yeah. Um. However, if it's a streaming thing, like probably not as doable here. Yeah, that was kind um, of the promise of the like the Vita, which never quite came to fruition as much as we'd like, but like the whole sort of cross-save sort of thing. It did, it did but, I mean, Vita, but, but with like I only a handful of games. Like it wasn't sort of mainstream was it only thing. first party, I think, potentially? Oh, there were, there were some yeah. other ones, but it was just so awful and complex and like you'd have to upload a save manually and download it manually and if yeah. you forget to do one-on-one, it's just like you've thrown it all out of sync. It was... Yeah, the Switch was a godsend for that kind even, of thing. Even <laughs> now, like, for, for example, like Final Fantasy IX just came out on Xbox, and that's a Play Anywhere title. Um, uh-huh. I downloaded that to my Xbox, played it for lots of hours, um, and then put it on my Surface. <laughs> um, and you just log in with the same Xbox Live account, and my saves are all there. It's like, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, very simple. Like, very easy to do. Yeah. Um, mm. If it's as simplistic as that, great. Yeah. <laughs> I'm excited about um, it. I, I would love to see... I, I think like it makes a lot of sense for Xbox to deal with the kind of interests they have like throughout the company as a whole. 
Um, but to yeah, sort of move to a streaming sort of on the platform, like maybe there comes a day where it's just like the Xbox is a USB dongle, like a Chromecast sort of thing that we whack into our TV and this whole library of every game that they've ever released is available uh, with the touch of a button. Um, and just for like a, like a monthly subscription free. I think that's, that's really exciting. Um, but yeah, I guess as Stephen points out, like it, it all depends on how well the, the technical side of things holds up. Um, I yeah, think Game I think Pass has like the potential to be quite like disruptive, but uh-huh. my my big thing that I just keep thinking back to is is it like really profitable? For, yeah, um, like this is how and I still struggle to like comprehend how Netflix makes money. Like I just feel like they yes, don't. A lot they of don't make money. Yeah, it's like <laughs> but they have the money to like get Sandra Bullock to do a movie. Like yeah, through like Academy massive actress, like. like Investors. investors is wild running massive debt <laughs> yeah oh right well yeah. yeah that's my only like i guess concern is is like the people who made crackdown 3 have they really made much money yeah from because their game is on game pass um no i, I props not i don't know it kind of like, comes down to that whole like does a demo does a demo really get someone extra sales in the end of the day like even anthem the early access and stuff probably arguably cost them sales more than if they didn't put anything out yeah um i don't know it makes sense like if you reduce the cost of everything then there's less money available i guess there's less less money coming in less revenues and and maybe not so much of a budget kind of put towards the games anymore Mm. potentially i think i find it like curious or interesting when you mention like xbox's Obviously, they're not going away from physical hardware, but they're sort of moving to be a bit more of a platform. And I think that's something... I think you're pretty right in that. It's something that Microsoft's been doing for Mm. a little while now. Like, they... You know, they've given up on trying to get people to go on Windows Phone. They just try and make the best Microsoft experience on whatever you have. And I feel like maybe Xbox is just going to follow along with that. It's like, if you want to buy an Xbox, that's cool. It's probably going to be better on a Microsoft platform. But if you have a Switch, if you have... I don't know, whatever other machine that Game Pass ends up being on, then you can still be part of it and Microsoft can still have a little bit of your subscription money without needing you to make that initial like big console purchase in the in the initial state. Uh-huh. Mm. Well, she'll I have to um, see how it all shakes out. I mean, when you play Minecraft on your Switch now, you sign into your Xbox account. Oh, do you? Mm. Yeah, a bit get weird. Get them achieves. But, oh. but, and you get Why? achievements. Like, um, it's a bit bizarre, but... It's a thing. Yeah, I did not know that. That's like, that seems the really weird. The infrastructure is kind of already there, I guess. Um, yeah. Huh. There you go. Uh, yeah, that's that seems really odd to me. I don't know why you would need to do that. <laughs> Unless like, because you want to get other Minecraft accounts, so that is that such a thing? Like, I don't know. Is that just all yeah, linked to your can, Microsoft account? There are like. No, well, there is, like, if you play, like, Minecraft Classic, like, the original Java version, you have a separate account for that if you bought it 10 right. years ago or whatever. But, yeah, I think most people are going to be doing it through the Microsoft account at this point. Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay, well, to end on, like, a, a bit of a, a sand note, I guess, for the sort of news portion of the show, um, Reggie Philome is retiring from Nin- as Nintendo of America president. Um, I, is that how you pronounce his name, by the way? I've, that's one Fiza thing I've May. always... Sorry? It's uh, Reggie Fizeme. Fizeme, thank you. I've always 
always felt like I got that one wrong. Well, um, I've always been saying that wrong as well. There you go. <laughs> uh, Typical non-Nintendo fans. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sorry. He took to Nintendo's Twitter account to post an emotional two-minute message announcing his retirement. As of April 15th, he'll be replaced by none other than Doug Bowser, who is currently Nintendo of <laughs> America's Senior Vice President of Sales and Marketing. Um, Brody, you just can't make this stuff up, can you? Yeah, no, it's phenomenal. Like, <laughs> it's 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 a masterstroke. Like it's it's genius. Yeah, I love it. How do you feel it's about like, Reggie retiring? Um, oh, I'm probably less invested in it. Other like these these boys might be a bit a little bit more emotional about it than me. But uh, yeah, no, uh, he's he's been a good personality for the uh, industry. He's he's been a lot of fun. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. I'm sad. I'm sad we won't have any more Reggie moments. Yeah, he certainly's had plenty of those. Do you have a, a favorite, James? Not really. No. Sorry. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Stephen, carry us home on Reggie. I mean, I mean, uh, my problem is I don't really know what he did. Um, right, okay. Like, ultimately what he was responsible for. Um, he presidented. He's, yeah, he was oh, okay. the sort of... Yep. I mean, I mean like, even before he was president, like, I feel like he signposted a, a change in perspective from Nintendo. So I don't know how much impact he had on the change. But, like, when I think it was 2005, six, like, whichever E3 it was where he first came out, it's just like, hi, I'm Reggie, and did the whole kick-ass, take names, make games speech. And it's like, this is a weird... This is not the Nintendo I thought <laughs> Nintendo was at that point. Nintendo and with attitude. Right? It was, I don't know, they had a, a showman, like, I, I don't know, I appreciated the, the fun presentations of, yeah. you know, a lot of the Japanese executives, and they put a lot of fun into it, but Reggie was just like, hey, we're taking this, you know, seriously in a bit of a different direction. They didn't lose the, you know, Japanese part of it, but I don't know, it, it was just a really cool change in direction for Nintendo in general, and it sort of star- started their, I guess, rise, then fall, then rise again, I guess, under his... Uh, you know, showmanship, and then eventually President Shulship when he became president. Yeah. Presidency. I don't know. <laughs> he's a he's an interesting interesting man. Apparently, a shrewd businessman. I don't know. I liked him. He was a fun personality. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the thing. Like, he's just so, he was so charismatic and and seemingly fun loving, um, and that seemed quite emblematic, I guess, of of what Nintendo were all about. Um, hmm. I was, I was watching a few videos of like some Reggie moments the other day, uh-huh. and uh, one of my favourites was um, back when like PlayStation announced the PS3 and they announced the price point, which was obviously through the roof. And five hundred ninety nine US five hundred ninety nine exactly yeah. And then uh, they some interview. I think it was Jeff Keighley. He asked Reggie um, like what his thoughts were about that, and he said, "Yeah, well, Sony have definitely opened the door for us, and I'm going to drive a truck through that door." <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, hmm. "So good." <laughs> Yeah, he's he's a cracker. I love he's just become such a meme and uh and I love that how much of a meme like his departure has become as well, like being replaced by Bowser. Like I love the I think Nibel on, on Twitter, who you should hundred percent follow if you don't already, um, like tweeted out a video of like Bowser like bursting out of I don't know if it was like uh of the three D S. It was of the three D S, yeah, and sort of like eating him whole. I just thought it was <laughs> was so so funny as this like prophetic I really of, I appreciated the, um, I think it was like an image of the Doug Bowser, hey, I'm president now video. Yeah. Was like, it like Mario you... and Luigi tied up oh, in the background? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, on the bookshelf in the background, there's just these plush Mario and Luigi just tied up. It's like, it's like a no one mentions it, no one points it out. Yeah, yeah it's like, it's like, a like an extension cord. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, hmm, interesting. Yeah, so good. 
Uh, well, Reggie, you will be missed. Uh, I'm sure there were plenty of Nintendo fans that welled up watching what was in a very emotional farewell video. Uh, but now it's time for What the Wiki. A reminder that What the Wiki is a sarcastic game show where the host reads part of a Wikipedia page for an unknown game and you, the contestants, must guess the game. Thanks to the official What the Wiki keeper of the score at Jimmy Penning over on Twitter, we have a recap from last week in which it was Steven Stone's host What the Wiki after winning the week prize episode. It was Brody Ewan and James who stepped up to take on the week's game and it turned out to be one of the funniest games that's ever been played. I'll take that. Um, as yeah. the laughs continued throughout, it was Brody to burst through the other side to earn his second point of the season, and boy, he was absolutely thrilled with his victory. Jamie, Jamie has a way with words. He, he, makes, he makes it sound like I'm being born. <laughs> burst through the other side. Burst through the placentia of victory. Yeah, placentia of victory. God. That's uh, um, you two yeah, have a way with words. That, that, that's graphic. <laughs> All right, I, I apologize. <laughs> I Let's uh, continue. So Brody's Brody's out to two points now. You and James and Stephen, uh, myself, James and Stephen, are trailing behind on one point, um, which means that Brody has got the hosting duties for this one. So the three of us have an opportunity to equal him uh, up at the lead. You want to take it away from here, Brody? Of course, it'd be my pleasure. All right. I hope I've, I hope I've prepared enough games. I can hear James sweating already. That's yeah. a great thing. <laughs> it's very hot, to be fair. <laughs> it is warm. I got swamp ass. Um, okay, Ew. so so this so this uh, this first game comes to us obviously thanks to our official. Let me just draw up what his uh, title is because I don't want to get it wrong. Official what the wiki keeper of the score, Jamie Penning, who uh, was all over it this week, sending me this. So I appreciate that. Okay, this one, uh, this sequel was an exclusive on the console it released on, and it featured 17 playable characters. Though the oh. controls were largely unchanged from the prior iteration, minor tweaks made the game more accessible for beginners, making the AI more forgiving and increasing the timing window for counters. It's been ranked as one of the best fighting games ever, was considered a game that shaped its generation, and was the third best-selling... Steven? Steven. Dead or Alive 4? It is not Dead or Alive 4. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, was, co- was considered a game that shaped its generation and was the third best-selling title at launch for the Xbox after Halo and Project Gotham. Oh. Developed by Team Ninja, the game released in 2001 exclusively for the Xbox and centers around the hero character Ryu Hayabusa. That is the end of the paragraph, and that is the yeah. end of what I've got, because... Not a fighting oh, I game, thought, Can I try again, I then? I thought you'd get it. So if James doesn't have a... Like a... Oh, you know, I guess it? I will throw back to Steven. So, are you having an official? Are you having an official crack? Okay, James. James. <laughs> what yeah. is it? I don't know. It could be one of two, and now I feel sick. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, it's like that crocodile oh. scene in Resident Evil all over is again. It, uh, is it nin- Ninja Garden? It's not Ninja Garden. Oh, Steven. Is it Dead or Alive Ultimate? No. <laughs> Dang it. Okay. I don't know. They're launch Xbox Oh my God. Games. I'm so stupid. <laughs> okay. okay. I was in again, because, James. Because I have nothing written beyond that, you may go again. James? James. Dead or Alive 3. It is Dead or Alive 3. Oh, <laughs> Dead or Alive Ultimate. <laughs> after Stephen. Thanks Dang for the Dang it. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. And so that obviously was in the news this week as uh, Dead or Alive 6, which I've seen some call the sexiest game ever. Uh, is releasing mm. this week. Oh, no. So, so <laughs> moving on from that, with that, uh, James takes the lead on one point. He just needs one more game to uh, take total victory. Uh, so if you're ready like for the second game. Out. Is it really that this week? Yeah, I think uh, so. Maybe it's, 
Maybe it's. Wow. I assume it is. Jamie wouldn't I be think, wrong. Don't I you thought doubt it was the Jamie. The first week of March. Oh well. Well, that's next week. He might have yeah. said next week. I didn't really read it. <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> oh, that's so rude. We Clearly, we're not excited about Dead or Alive. Yeah, I could not care less. All right. Second game. All right. In the game, the player gains various weapons, treasure, and other tools through exploration of the procedurally generated levels to fight undead creatures within it. The player may gain resources that can be used to purchase permanent upgrades or unlock new items for the player if they reach the vendor between each level. The game is described as a roguevania, a combination of procedurally generated roguelike games and action exploration-based metroidvania games. The control. Uh, sorry, the player controls a mass of cells that occupy and control Steven? the body. Oh, Stephen. Oh. Dead cells. What was that? Sorry. Dead cells. It is dead. Oh, sorry, I couldn't hear you underneath James's <laughs> exasperated sigh. <laughs> <laughs> so it is indeed dead cells, and that is in the news this week because uh, the game's free DLC, Rise of the Giant, was revealed. Uh, it has no release date as yet, but it'll be free, obviously, and it's nine months in the making, so it's going to be a big one. Yeah. There wow. you go. Yeah. Mm, All right. So we. Wait, I'm, I'm just giving you oh, some yeah, context, so James, James. So James, James and Stephen. Yeah. <laughs> what was that? James and James and Stephen are on a, a game. A they, game they, game are match, t- so. they are t- they are tied at the top. All right. Now, this game might not be the the most gamey game on this list, but it's on here for a good reason. <laughs> it might not be the most gamey. What does that game? mean? <laughs> You'll see. These as, of Mar- as of March 2012, this game was the third best selling console game, not packaged with a console, with. 22.6 million copies and it was the f- and it was during one of the first demonstrations of this game that Reggie became an instant meme by claiming that his body is ready James James, James. is it Wii Fit it is Wii Fit it absolutely <sighs> is isn't it? How, did it, how is it that best selling oh my god oh. are you kidding everyone had Wii that that everyone had a Wii even people who didn't play games had a Wii yeah but did they get Wii like Wii Fit do you yes. know how many people bought Wii Fit without buying a Wii first? 22.6 million copies. That's, that's <laughs> insane. That is a lot of copies. And obviously I included <laughs> that because of our Reggie's retirement, which we already touched on. So yeah. one of his other great moments. <laughs> so, I love how he ended his retirement video with, and as always, my body is ready. <laughs> so good. Ready for so retirement. James wins. Well done, James. Thanks. Hey, well done, James. It's, it's good at the top. <laughs> it is. <laughs> yeah, Welcome. getting a bit crowded up there, I think. Uh, yeah, so James and Brody now two points out. Uh, Stephen and myself trailing behind a one point, and James will be hosting next week. So if you've got a recommendation for which games you'd like us to try and guess, uh, hit up hit up James on Twitter, and uh, I'm sure he'll throw those games into the mix next week. Um, with that, let's bring it into what was episode 166. <laughs> I've got a cold. My brain is operating so slowly today. Uh, subscribe to us on Podcast One, iTunes, any other podcast service of your choice. Follow us at press.au and visit the site at pressstart.com.au. Uh, you can join the conversation using hashtag the Startcast. We've been joined today by Brody. Thank you. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter and most things uh, at Brody underscore DG. Feel free to write me and put in requests of things that you would like at Disneyland because I'm going there. Oh, really? I'm going to Disneyland. You're going yeah, to Disneyland as well? Are you, oh, yeah. are you prepared for yeah. what you've just put out? Yeah, yeah. we're training over We're training over there. I've got, I've got a big suitcase. I can bring stuff back. <laughs> so, oh, wow, uh, okay. Put, out, put in your requests. Is it, is it, so it's Euro Disney you're going to, yeah? Yeah, we're uh, taking the train over from England to Paris. Do you have like certain rides that you already want to like jump on? I don't know. I've not actually looked into what they have there. I mean, I'll okay. probably do you know Space Mountain because I hear that's good. The yeah. Star Wars Space Mountain. Highly uh, recommend the Rock and Roller Coaster if it's uh, still running there. I suspect it will be. It's, hey. That's a, that's an insane roller coaster. Consider it noted. 
Awesome. Uh, we've also been joined today by James. Yeah, I'm on Twitter, as always, posting about the best things. Um, <laughs> it's <laughs> at James, A-T-J-A-M-Z. Cool, are you, uh, you cool. done? That's everything you wanted to say? Yeah. <laughs> what are you, what are you? <laughs> Not going to cut off like last week. <laughs> oh. I just want to make sure you I've just had all the time that you wanted there, James. I have one more thing to say. Okay, cool. That you and smell. <laughs> 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 all right, I'm glad uh, you had your time there. Uh, we've also been joined today <laughs> by Stephen. Yeah, um, I'm on Twitter and all the social things at Stephen Impson. Uh, when I finally finish one of the runs of Resident Evil 2, I will post a screenshot of my rating so you can judge exactly how long it took me and how mm. terrible my collection <laughs> rate was. Uh, and I've been your host, Ewan Roxborough. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Ewan underscore Roxborough. Let me know what you think of Anthem. Um, we'll chat about it. I love talking about video games, um, especially ones that are as divisive as Anthem. Uh, but until next time, happy gaming. Bye. Bye.